This morning, of course, we are celebrating with Christians all over the world the greatest sacrifice ever made. Sacrifice for you and me. That we may be reconciled to God. That we may know Him and be in His presence. Without fear, knowing that our sins are paid for. And that we have the boldness to come into His presence. That is Easter. God's sacrifice for us. Last week we, we spoke on an act of worship. And we looked at what does the Bible say about worship. And the different ways we can worship. Today we are celebrating the greatest sacrifice ever made. God giving himself for us. And why, why did God do that? Why, why did God send his son to die for us? Why did Jesus become a sacrifice for, for us? Why was it necessary? In, in, one, in one aspect, the, the, the answer would be because God loves us. But surely, the horror of crucifixion is not the only way to express love. Surely, there are different ways to express God's love towards us than sending His Son to die on a cross. And, and so this morning we want to look at God's love, but also the purpose behind it. Because it wasn't just love that drove God to give His Son. There was something else behind the love of God for us. That ultimately led to sacrificing His own Son. And it's that that I want us to reflect on this morning. And I want us to close your eyes for a moment. The reason why Christ died on the cross was because of your sin. It was your sin that caused Christ to die on a cross. Yes, my sin also and everybody's sin around us but today it's about your sin. I want you just to think about that for a moment. Father, we thank you that we can come to you this morning. Not because of the person next to us, but because of you. Lord, we stand before you and we are reminded of our own sin. Our own guilt. And your love, your mercy, and your grace towards us. Thank you for sending your son to become sin for us. To take our sin upon you. And be punished for us. A sacrifice made so that we may be forgiven, redeemed, justified, Declared holy and stand in your presence without fear, full of joy and hope. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, we are all going to stand before a holy God with our personal sin. Sin is not just personal, it is universal, but we're going to stand before a personal God. And we're going to give 
account for our sin. And because of this reality, and because of God's love for us, He gave His Son to make a way for us not to perish, but to have everlasting life. It is the gospel. The reality of our sin and the consequence of it. The consequence of sin is death. And in Adam, all humanity sinned. Right from the beginning of time, humanity is guilty before God. Back in the garden before the fall, God warned man in Genesis 2 verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. In Romans 6, we are reminded of the consequence of sin that says, the wages of sin is death. Adam, representing humanity, in his disobedience, sinned against God. And representing humanity, we are all guilty before God. After his sin, God made the first sacrifice on man's behalf. We see that when Adam and Eve, when they realized that they have sinned, and they were filled with guilt and shame, and tried to hid themselves from God and cover their nakedness. From the beginning, as mankind, we always try to cover our sinfulness. But it's not enough. And so God killed took the first life, killed an animal on our behalf, and covered us with the skins of the animal. But humanity got corrupted by sin in our deepest core. We, we cannot help but sin. And so we see, as time progressed, Adam and Eve gave birth to children, and their very first children, Cain and Abel, we see the account of, Sin progressing from disobedience to murder. And so we read in Genesis 4, And so the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Now Cain walked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. And so we see that sin grew in man. Sin lies at the door and it's desire for you, but you should rule over it. But Cain murdered his brother. In Romans 5 we read, And therefore just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. And we walk in the legacy of Adam in his disobedience. We are dead in our trespasses and our sinfulness, controlled by the desire of the flesh in our mind and we are children of wrath just like the rest of mankind. But then God in his grace by his mercy saved us took us out of this sinful world and made us holy. This process of becoming holy and accepted, forgiven, and children of God came at great cost. A sacrifice had to be made. 
As time continued, sin in man got worse. And under Moses and the law, an act of sacrifice for sin was instituted for the individual as well as for the nation. For an individual sin, you had to bring in sacrifice, an offering. Something had to die to pay the price for sin. And even the nation, the high priest once a year would make an offering, a sacrifice for the nation. We were constantly reminded of our sinfulness and the consequence of sin. But the blood of bulls and goats, it could not make us perfect. Even though it was sacrificed as Sacrificed over and over, endlessly. It was simply a reminder of our sinfulness. It could not make us perfect by taking away our sin. It could only cover it. And so in Hebrews 10 we read, For the law having a shadow of the good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never by these same sacrifices which they were offered continually, year by year, make those who approach perfect. For then would they not have ceased to be offered? For the worshippers, one purified, would have no more consciousness of sin. But in those sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. And so even though the law was instituted to show us what sin is, it could not take away sin. And even though sacrifices was made year after year for sin, it could not make the worshippers perfect. Because literally atonement means to cover something. And if this chest is my sin, atonement could simply cover it. But it couldn't take away my sin. It could cover my sin, but it couldn't make me perfect because I kept on sinning. And so every year... We continue to sin and bring sacrifices over and over as a reminder of sin, but not a cure for it. Because the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. One, because the blood of bulls and goats could not heal our sinful nature. It couldn't heal our hardness of hearts. It could cover what we have done, but it couldn't deal with the cause within us. And so it couldn't make us perfect as we drew near to worship. And second, it was a perfect man that sinned originally. Adam represented humanity perfect without sin, without the sinful nature. And through disobedience, he rebelled against God. And so only a perfect man can take the place of of Adam's sin. Through obedience. But where shall we find such a perfect man? Where shall we find someone who can stand perfect before God and take the place we deserve? You see, God in His wisdom gave us the law that we may know what sin is, but also what the consequence of sin is. But more powerfully, how sinful we really are. And so when the law was given, we realized what sin is, but also how sinful and how desperate we are that we cannot save our sins. Even as much as we try, we keep on falling. So none of us is perfect. None of us can stand before God 
without excuse. But also, by God's grace, we got introduced by this concept of atonement. That something can stand in our place. And that something was very graphic. It was a life taken in front of our eyes. As we came before the priest, lay our hands on an animal, confessed our sins, and in the presence of the priest, the animal would have been killed. And so that we would know that there is a consequence of sin, but something died on our behalf. And yet the blood of bulls and goats could not make us perfect. Because it could only cover our sins. And we kept on sinning. Coming back with another sacrifice year after year. Because the blood of bulls and goats cannot take away sin. What we have done and what we have caused and the hardness of heart and our sinful nature could not be healed by sacrifices of bulls and goats. Like Paul describes in Romans 7, unredeemed man, even the very good things that we want to do, we end up not doing. And so we are trapped in this spiral of sin and we cannot save ourselves. And so at the end of Romans 7, Paul cries out, he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It is the purpose of the Lord to show us how helpless we are in our sinfulness. And then Paul gives the answer, the very next verse. Who will save me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. God sent His Son to pay the price that we could not pay. He sent His Son to become a sacrifice that will not just cover our sin, but take it away. And so we read, as John stood up, the last and the greatest prophet of the Old Testament, seeing Jesus coming towards him in John 1 verse 29, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. A profound statement by a great prophet proclaiming who Jesus was. The Lamb of God, the sacrifice of God that came to take away the sin of the world. The blood of bulls and goats could only cover it, but not make us perfect because it cannot take away sin. And then John said, behold, the Lamb of God That takes away the sin of the world. It is not covered by the blood of the Lamb. It is taken away by the blood of the Lamb. There's something about Jesus' sacrifice that supersedes every other sacrifice ever made. Because first and foremost, Christ was perfect. It was a perfect man that sinned, but a perfect man had to pay the price. So Christ became man. The incarnation, the mystery of it. Born not of a sinful man, but of a virgin. Born perfect, like the first Adam. Lived among us in this world, tempted in every way like we have been tempted. Yet, he did not sin. Like the first man in disobedience, Christ was obedient 
even to the point of death on the cross, perfect before the Father, said, My Father, I will become the sacrifice that satisfies you completely. If you read Romans te- uh, Hebrews 10 further on, you see this conversation between the Father and the Son, where Jesus says, But the sacrifices of bulls and goats did not satisfy you, so you gave me a body. So here I am. I will become the sacrifice that satisfies you forever. And so Jesus became the the sacrifice that saves us. He didn't come to cover our sin. It came to take it away. This morning, we are reminded of this great sacrifice for you and me. But maybe some of us are here today and we are still trying to cover sin. Maybe there's still a sin that you feel guilty of, that you're reminded of, that you're ashamed of. The good news of the gospel is Jesus didn't come to cover your sin. He came to take it away. He came to take away your sin. Not with the blood of bulls and goats, but with his own blood. So that you and I can be free. We can be justified. It's a legal term. It means the penalty has been paid. So that you can be redeemed, called children of God, and declared holy before Him. Without sin. That is the gospel. That is the good news. That is why we need a Savior, because we cannot save ourselves. Only Jesus can save us. Because He's the only perfect one. Jesus became man to save us from our sin. He stood in for us. God placed my sin, your sin, the sin of the world in him. And he punished him for it. Poured his wrath on him so that we can be free. And Christ died for us. That's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so God granted us life through a perfect sacrifice. How should we respond to the sacrifice? In faith. It's the first step to respond to this great sacrifice made for us. If you want to be free from your sin and your guilt and your shame, if you want your sin taken away from you as far as the west is from the east, the east is from the west, if you want to be in a place where you stand before God justified with hope and joy, without fear of being condemned for your sin, there's only one way, and that's Jesus Christ. It's only one way is to accept His blood, His sacrifice for you. And that's what Christians all over the world celebrate today, is that on this day, Christ was sacrificed on Passover so that me and you can be free, forgiven. And the way we accept this blood is through a simple act of faith and surrender. It's by grace, it's not by works. We cannot earn it. And therefore, we first need to come to the place where we realize how sinful we are, how desperate we are. And if we realize that we are sinners and no one can save us, not my good works 
or any sacrifice made on this earth, only Jesus can save me. It leads me to humbly come before him and accept him in faith. That's God's wisdom. That we humble ourselves in faith before him and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Thank you for giving your son for me. I choose to believe what you say about Jesus is true. That he is my sacrifice. And through faith in him, I am redeemed. I am forgiven. I'm being set free. That's our first response to God. So this morning, if you are here and and you've never made a choice to accept what Jesus has done for you, you're going to have an opportunity today to do so. If you do not know that your relationship with God is right, if you are still covering sin or fearful of judgment before God, there is good news for you today. You can be set free, forgiven, redeemed, declared holy, and accepted as a child of God. That is the gospel. As a matter of fact, if you are here and you're a Christian and you still feel ashamed and guilty for a sin that you have committed, you are still trying to cover it with your own works. There's freedom for you today. If you come and bow your knee before Jesus and choose to believe, what God says about Christ. Choose to believe about His sacrifice. Choose to believe what it means. It will set you free. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter how great your sin is. Every single sin is paid for by Jesus' sacrifice. As a matter of fact, I don't have that verse here on the board, but I'll read it here in Hebrews 10 from verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiness of God, the holy of holies, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. We have this new and living way to go before God without fear. And He has cleansed us of every sin, of all unrighteousness. I want us just to close our eyes again for a moment. Just for a moment. I want you to think Of all your sin. And all your unrighteousness. That sin that comes up first. And all the other ones you cannot even think of. God has placed in his son. And punished him for it. So that you may be free. Let's read 1 John 1 verse 9. 
It says something powerful about God's forgiveness and your freedom, your liberty, and your assurance before Him. He says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I checked the word all in Greek. It means all. Everything. All your unrighteousness. In 1 John 1 verse 7 it says, If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us of the same Greek word, all. Every sin. If you bow your knee and you accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are cleansed of every all sin. Once and for all. Jesus' last words on the cross was, It is finished. Never again do you need to sacrifice over and over and over again. It is done. It is finished. That is the gospel. The second way we respond is through accepting Christ, not just as our Savior, but as our Lord. Now that we have accepted this great grace, we stand from our knees and we follow Him. We give our lives to Him as those who have been redeemed. Those who have been saved from this world unto God. That's why Romans 12 verse 1 to 3 says, but I'll just read verse 1. I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We spoke about what worship is. Worship is a deliberate act, mindful of God, directed to God. And so worship is not just when we sing to God, but when we sing deliberately as unto God, mindful of God. Singing becomes worship. And so living becomes worship when we are mindful, deliberate to Him. And that is our reasonable response based on the mercies of God. How does God deal with the hardness of our hearts that causes our sin? Well, Jesus did not just come to deal with the things that we have done. He also came to deal with the things that caused what we've done. Our hardness of hearts, our sinful nature. He came to deal with that, and for that you'll need to come back in two weeks. Today it's about dealing with your sin once and for all. It starts with our acceptance of Jesus as Lord and Savior, bowing our knee and accepting Him. So let us respond in worship, a deliberate act unto God, Worshipping Him with an offering. But not with silver and gold. Let's worship Him with our lives. Let's give Him our lives. And let's live for Him. Because of what He has done for us. Let's ask Him to help us. To change us. To live for Him. As a living sacrifice. Let's close our eyes. I want to ask the ushers to hand out the elements of communion.
And I want us to focus on the sacrifice made this morning, 2,000 years ago, when Christ died for us. A sacrifice. And I want us to respond to Him this morning in our own words. As we are meditating upon communion, as we're going to partake of His body and His blood, and, and we're going to wait for one another and and I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to eat together, and then we're going to pray together, and we're going to drink together. But I want us to wait for one another. But as we are waiting for these elements to come, let us consider what Christ has done for us and our response to Him. If you're not a believer, please do not partake with us, for this is sacred. But I'm going to give an opportunity for each and every one of us to respond in faith, to what God has done for you through Christ. So let's just close our eyes. I want us just to respond to Him. Think of your sinfulness and His holiness. Then think of his sacrifice for your life. How will you respond to him today? Just speak to him in your own words, in your own heart. All the eyes are closed. If, if you are here this morning and you have not responded to God's sacrifice for your life, I want to give you an opportunity this morning to do so. This is an opportunity for you in faith to say, God, I believe that you sent your son to die for me. I choose to accept your sacrifice for my life so that I may be free, forgiven, redeemed, justified, and declared holy. That I with confidence know that if I were to die today, I will not have to fear you. But with great excitement, be embraced by you. And so if that is you this morning and you've never made th that decision, I want to give you an opportunity while all the eyes are closed by saying, God, here I am. I want to accept Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I want to accept your sacrifice for my life. If that is you, I just want you to raise your hand just where you are. This is an opportunity to respond to Him. And I'm going to pray for you where you are seated. So just where you are, if this is you this morning, you want to accept His sacrifice, just raise your hand high that I can see where you are. I'm going to give an opportunity here. I'm just going to wait a moment more longer. Thank you for those hands. Is there anyone else? You can drop them again. Is there anyone else? 
Lord, I want to thank you for those who are responding this morning, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for their faith. But more than that, Lord, we want to thank you for your grace. Lord, thank you for saving us. You can drop your hands. Thank you for saving us, Lord. Thank you for giving us your son that we may be redeemed. And so I want us all to respond as if it was our first time. As we pray with these souls that are responding. And I want us to pray a simple prayer. It's a prayer of humility and confession of our sinfulness. And accepting Christ's sacrifice and a commitment to follow Him. So I want us to all pray after me. Father God, thank You for loving me. I am a sinner. And I'm guilty before You. But I thank You for Jesus that came for me to die for me so that I can be set free, forgiven, redeemed, and be made holy. I choose today to accept you, Jesus, as my Lord and Savior. And I will follow you all the days of my life because now I belong to you. You gave your life for me. And I am so thankful that I am free in Jesus' name. Amen. That is faith. That is salvation. And God, I pray that you will fill each and every heart that prayed this prayer. Lord, I pray that you will fill us with your spirit. Thank you, God, that you said you will take the heart of stone out of us. You'll give us a heart of flesh. You'll pour your spirit within us. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Lord, I pray that you will fill each and every one of us afresh anew, Lord. As we think about what you have done as we worship you. That you will fill us afresh anew. That we may stand from this place. Full assurance. And full of hope. As we take this bread, Lord, we are mindful of the sacrifice that you have made for us. It was your body that was broken for us. It was you that became a sacrifice. And as we eat of it, Lord, we eat in faith that it was done for us. And we worship you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's eat together. Lord, thank you for your blood. Thank you for what it represents, and what it does. Thank you, Lord. It is the blood that seals us, cleanses us, and gives us life. Thank you, God, that this leads to eternal life, not just one day, but from this day. Lord, as we drink this cup, Lord, I pray that you will help us to live like this as a living sacrifice for you, mindful, Mindful unto you. As we take this cup, we drink it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Let's drink together. I want us to 
stand together and we're going to sing a last song, just a chorus or two, just to seal what the Lord is doing in our hearts. And as we worship the Lord, as believers here, as most of us have already made the decision to follow Jesus, let us make a commitment again to worship Him afresh and new from this day by living as a living sacrifice unto Him. Let's make a decision to do so. That is our reasonable response. That, that is our spiritual act of worship. Let's make a decision to follow Him. As we sing these songs, as we focus on Him, let us make a commitment to leave this place living for Him. So we do that. Amen. Let's sing together.